Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you today about surrendering to the Lord. And, you know, this is a, uh, a subject or a word that uh, until you come to God, um, it, it, it maybe is a scary word. But as you begin to come to the Lord, as you begin to understand who He is and who, who I am, what I need, I, I feel like I want to surrender more and more of myself to the Lord. When we first come to God, we come with a notion in mind that we fully give ourselves to the Lord. Amen? We don't come half in. I don't come in and say, look, I'm, I'm going to try the Lord. I've tried everything else. I bought a Volvo. I got a second wife. I might as well try the Lord. You, you, you don't come in with that attitude, do you? You say, I need you. I remember when I came to the Lord, I said, I don't want any more of me. I don't need any more of me. I'm sick of me. I need God. I don't care what it takes. I need God. And, 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 and that, to me, is, is salvation. That's salvation. See, when, when I'm still a little bit in charge, uh, I, I, you know, I'm ruining it. Whatever part of my life I'm in charge of, that's the part that needs fixing. <laughs> that's the part that needs help. I need for the Lord to take over every aspect of my life, and this is, this is surrender. And we, 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 we come to the Lord as, as the God, you are going to be Lord and Savior. You're going to be my Lord, and I'll be yours, God. I'm not half in. But as we walk with God, we find out that there are areas in our lives that, that we have not fully surrendered to the Lord. And God almost has to create the situation where we see, you know what, this is an area that I think I got. God, I, I, I got this. I'll, I'll take over, you know, you, you, you can have all the rest, but when it comes to this, and, and we don't really even know that that's a touchy area for us until God begins to reveal it to us. But what God is trying to do is bring us into a freer life. A more surrendered life is a more powerful life. A more surrendered life is a more, um, it's a more beautiful design that God has for us. Life was never meant to be controlled by you. It was always meant to be you and God together as one, like it was with Adam and Eve in the garden. God wanted to be with us as one. But we find that there are certain areas. It might be the direction that you're headed and you want to head in that direction. It seems like the doors are opening and God says, not yet. And all of a sudden you say, God, I don't think you understand here. <laughs> this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. <laughs> if I don't do this, Sally's going to get the promotion, and you know Sally. <clears throat> it might be decisions that you're getting ready to make. It might be a job or a relationship. You know, and, and, and sometimes we get forced into a situation where we think God does not know what's best for us. God, I know he's not the greatest guy, but he's better than no guy. And the Lord says, no, he's worse than no guy. <laughs> a lot worse than no guy. But see, see, we, we, we will give God the big areas like eternity. God, you can take over eternity. You know, what's funny about the Lord is every single thing, a thousand percent of everything in our lives is given over to God in eternity. When we get to heaven, God is going to be completely and totally in charge. I mean, heaven is going to be heaven because of that. Amen? And I thank God for that. Look, if I get to heaven and the Lord says, okay, what do you want to do? Me? Not me again. <laughs> 
<clears throat> this ain't heaven. God might want you to surrender in your reactions or your overreactions. And God puts his finger on it and says, right now, you need to not react. Right now, you need to not go overboard here. And so what God wants us to do is to, to understand that what we're, what we're doing is following Christ. Because as we follow, as we surrender, our lives become the glory of God on the earth. You become like nobody else. You don't look like other people. You don't act like other people. You don't overreact like other you don't, you don't. You're not weird. You're not, you're not jacked up. You're not, you're not in bondage. You're not nervous. Why? Because there's a surrendered part of you that just has the glory of God on it. And people can see that. And, and the Lord wants you to glorify his name in the earth. And it's not by being more of you. It's by being more of him. And so this whole aspect of surrender is, 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 a, is a little bit nuanced. Because it's not a head thing. It's a heart thing. So as I talk to you today, I need to speak to your heart. Because your head can't get it. Your head thinks it knows everything. Your head thinks it can, can divide and, and, and subtract and multiply. But, but guess what? It's a heart thing. Surrender is a heart thing. When I began to talk to the Lord early on about what surrender is in my Christianity, you notice that uh, there's an awful lot of surrender in, 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 in this whole Christian thing. There's kneeling. There's bowing our heads. There's lifting our hands. You know, when you lift your hands, you're surrendering to the Lord. And I remember asking God about surrender. Lord, I, I, I want to surrender. What is it, God? And the Lord showed me a picture of me painting on the canvas of my life with my left hand. And I'm right-handed, so. I was trying to do all the right things, but it was clunky. And it was mistake. And it was outside the lines. And it was all over the place. And surrender is saying, God, you take the brush. God takes the brush and he says, okay, I see what you're trying to do. You're way off here. Let me, let me just, you know, and he gets the big roller out. Let's start, let's start again. You have to hand God the paintbrush in your life. But as you walk with God, you surrender to the Lord initially. But as you walk with God, you incrementally surrender more and more and more. And it's a beautiful thing. It's salvation. In Luke chapter 9, it says this in verse 23. Jesus said to them all, if anyone would come after me, you would come after me. He must deny or disown. That word actually is disown. I no longer own. I don't want to own. I want to give it over to you, Lord. He must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. This is self-surrender. The Lord will not take over your life. You have to give it over. God is not a dictator. You have to self-surrender. Lord, I take up my cross. I will follow you. I will come after you. I'm not being forced. I'm being privileged. I'm being blessed. I'm being saved. I'm being rescued. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life, whoever hands over his life to me, will save it. And so our, our initial walk into the kingdom of God, or our initial walk into the things of God, is we come to Christ and we surrender our lives fully to him. We take up our cross. We give over our lives. Now, if you want to hold on to your life, like the world wants to hold on to its life, it ends up losing it. It ends up not understanding what life is all about. 
who you were designed to really be. Because God has a destiny for you. And the only way to get there is if you surrender to him the way he wants you to get there and who he wants you to be and what he wants you to say. Surrender, and you're going to head for that destiny. Surrender in this journey can be an adventure. Surrender fully over to the Lord. And guess what? God will take you on a wild ride. You say, I'm not looking for a wild ride. When you get to heaven, you're going to stand alongside people that had wild rides. And you don't want to be the dullest person up there. Yeah, I sat on the porch my whole life. That's all I want to do is sit on the porch. Now I'm up in heaven and people are sharing their stories and they're talking about shutting the mouths of lions and quenching the fury of the flames and, you know, running to the battle and all this other stuff. And you don't want to be that guy that says, no, no, I didn't live a wild life for the Lord. God has an adventure for you to be on. Amen? You know, I, I, I tell you... Um, Sometimes you just have to buckle in with the Lord. Say, God, I surrender. It's like those people on the, on the roller coaster that put their hands up, you know, you crazy ones. You! Lord, take me. Because God's going to show us how life works. But what God wants out of us, he wants us to be soft in his hands. He wants us to be tender, tender-hearted. He wants to be able to speak to us in the still small voice and we hear him or we're even asking God, Lord, what would you do here? You know I want this job. You know I want this direction. You know I want this relationship, but God, I want to be soft. I want to hear from you. I don't want to be headstrong. I don't want to have dull ears. I don't want to have a stiff neck. I don't want to rebel against you, God. I want to hear from you, Lord. Move me. Help me. Speak to me. Guide me. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I want to hear your voice. See, real surrender brings real peace. Real surrender brings real success. You cannot be successful unless you're totally surrendered to the Lord. You can achieve things with a lot of anxiety and a lot of pain and a lot of pressure and a lot of carnage and a lot of things trailing behind you that are ruined. You can get to a place of achievement, but is it success? Real surrender brings real life. You know, all of our heroes in Scripture, they're, they, they're heroes because they surrendered to the Lord. Do you realize that? I mean, you think about Noah. The Lord says to Noah, I, will, I want you to build an ark. And he says, no, what are you doing for the next 120 years? Talk about surrender. Noah's like, look, I, I, God, I, I got a business here. I got kids. I got stuff going on. I, I'm, 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 I'm up to here with everything, God. You want me to do what? It wasn't like that, was it? Noah says, I'm here for you, Lord. Direct my life. I want you to build an ark. It's going to take you 120 years. How many have ever built something, you know? If Noah was anything like me, the first 50 years, he built it wrong three times. <laughs> Seriously. You know, you're standing in your garage and you're going, nope. And I, I, you know, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but sometimes I picture Noah's wife yelling out the front door. Uh, is that the right, is that stanchion going to hold that thing, you know? <laughs> and Noah's like, oh, yeah, what do you know about stanchions, you know? No, I'm just saying, if it's windy. <laughs> then Noah's like, uh-oh. 120 years. 
Or how about Abraham, when God said, will you surrender your only son to me? Your only son. You're 100 years old. It took you 100 years to have a kid. Will you give him to me? Or Joseph. He was sold into slavery so that he could go into Egypt and become a rescuer to all of Israel. But he was sold into slavery. Could you do that? Could you surrender? Could you just say, God, whatever it is you want of my life, these are our heroes. There were people in the Bible that didn't surrender. We know their names too. Ahab, Jezebel, King Saul. They're not our heroes. They're the antitype of what it is we want to be, surrendered in mighty men and women of God. All of the prophets surrendered to the Lord. Jeremiah was a young man called of God to be a prophet to the nations. And he says this in the very beginning of Jeremiah. He says this, the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. Because I can imagine Jeremiah saying, you want me to say what? You want me to go where? I'm just a kid. And God says, don't give me that. Don't give me that. Who's the boss here? You're going to surrender? You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. This is awesome because God wants to do that with our lives too. Look, I'm going to put you in places I want you to go to, and I'm going to have you live the way I want you to live, and I'm going to have you say what I want you to say. Can you do that? Can you do it? Because you're going to have to be surrendered in order to do it. Now, hold on. You're saying, I don't know if I could do that, but I'm telling you, if you surrender to the Lord, God will put you in these places and you will have a wild ride. It'll be a good thing. In the New Testament, we see the same thing. Paul the Apostle, even Jesus in the garden said, not my will, but your will. I surrender to you. If there's any way you can take this cup from me, but not my will, I surrender to you, Lord. Not my will, but yours. And you know, and you, Jesus also, when he called all over his disciples, he said that very same thing about take up your cross and follow. He said, follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Get in behind. Surrender. Give over your life and, and follow me. And there's a story in the, in the New Testament about this rich young ruler. Some of you are familiar with it. But what's so awesome about this, you know, I've told you before that there's... There's two main characters in the Bible, God and you. You are the rich young ruler. It's the independent self that we see in this story. It's me when I'm rich, I, 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 I may make my own way. I'm young, which means strong, and I'm the boss of my life. I'll do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. I'm the rich young ruler. But here he, here he is, and he comes to Jesus, and he says to Jesus, you know, what good thing do I need to do to make it into eternal life? And Jesus says, there's no one good but God, which, which is the whole answer here. It's the whole answer. You cannot be good enough to do what it is you think you can do. No matter how rich, young, or good-looking you are, you cannot be good enough to make it into heaven. So Jesus said, you, you, there's no one good but God. But he says, you have to obey the commandments. He talks about this religious side or this righteous side of who it is you need to be. You know, don't commit adultery, don't kill, um, you know. Honor your father and mother and, and, and love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself and so forth. And the young man says this in, in verse 20. All these I have kept. 
I'm rich, young, I'm the boss, and I've done some religious things. I've done the good things. I'll tell you, this is the difference between religion and surrender. This is the difference between doing the do's and actually having a relationship with God. With God. And Jesus, and then he says, what, what do I still lack? A lot of commentators will get into the fact that this man knew he was lacking something. We all know we're lacking something. You know, if we're honest, we're so in need of God. It's not a little bit. We're so in need of God. Everything we try to do, we're painting with our left hand. We're so in need of God. And only the pompous, rich, young ruler in me thinks I don't. Only the pompous, rich, young ruler in me thinks, I can do this, I got this, just what little thing extra do I need? I know I'm missing something, what is it? I'll do it, or I'll hire somebody to do it. I'll get it done. And Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, or if you want to be complete, what you're really lacking, go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and then come, and he says what he says to all of his other disciples, he says what he says to you and me, Follow me. Follow me. Come and follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away. I'll tell you, he didn't follow him. He went away. This is the difference between surrender and I got my own thing going. He went away. He's going in the wrong direction. I want to follow God. I don't want to go away. Not in this area, not in the area of my job, not in the area of my relationships, not in the area of my finances, not in the area of my life. I don't want to went away. I want to come follow Lord, what do you want me to do? And sometimes God will just test you on this. I'm asking you to put that thing down. I'm asking you to not go there now. I'm telling you the time is not right for you to switch over here or do this over there. I, I, I'm telling you, I know you want a guy that's not the right guy. I know you want a girl, but that's not the right girl. I, and I don't mean to make this into a guy and girl thing, but... A lot of times, we get desperate in our relationships and we say, God, let me, let me handle this. And God is saying, no, let me handle it. Let me handle it. Put that down. Because, you know, if God can get you to put something down, he knows he can trust you with the right thing. If God can put his finger on something and say you are not surrendered in this area and you surrender that area, God then says, okay, I'll give you back. Just like he did with Isaac. When, when Abraham gave him Isaac, God gave him back the, the nations. Count the stars in the sky. That's how many children you'll have. Sometimes you surrender the very thing God wants to bless you with, but now's not the time. And now you just need to be tested in this area so you can get on the other side of it. Can you say amen? amen? He went away with a heavy heart, not free, not released, not, not following. And so God knows what it is in your life he wants to put his finger on. With this, this young man here, it was his wealth, and his wealth gave him stature. This is the thing that makes me somebody. And God is saying, surrender to somebody. I, I can't surrender the part that I think makes me me. And I want you to know that there are all these different little areas in our lives that we think are very important to us, and, and it's just how we are. Let me give you some for instances. How about control issues? Does, does anybody have a control issue here? Anybody at all? 
First rule in church, never raise your hand. When... <laughs> but just tell everybody in your row, I do not have control issues. Pass a note down, tell them I do not have any control issues. I don't have to control others or how they are, when they are, when they come, when they don't come, when they, what they should do, what they shouldn't do, how they should act. I don't have any control issues. But sometimes God wants to put his finger on that and say, now you're controlling. You need to surrender that. God, if I surrender that, people are going to go crazy in this family. <laughs> let, let me handle that. Right now, I'm dealing with one crazy person at a time. Your finances. If you can surrender your finances, if you can surrender your finances, God can then trust you with them. I can trust you with more. I can see that this is not something that you're going to be the rich young ruler in, and I can trust you with it. Your reputation. Your status. You know, you know who I am. My reputation's being ruined. You know, it's like... It's like if God wants you to be humbled, can, can your reputation take a ding? You know, I remember when uh, our church was about a year old, and we had just started, and, and there was a lot of great things going on, and excitement, and you know how things are, and a young pastor, I was 32 years old at the time, and so forth, there was a lot of young people in the church, and so forth, and uh, there was, there was um, a certain pastor or set of pastors that began to speak against the church, and they were saying this and that, and the doctrine's crazy, and these people are nuts, and they believe in this, and they're crazy. When they... And so I got wind of it. And in fact, there was a little tape series, and somebody gave me the tape series, you know, Pastor Steve Boyce, you know, and the bad guy that he is. And I said, I'm going to go see this guy. So I called him up on the phone. Can I come see you? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't want to imitate him. <laughs> so anyway... I'm going to go straighten them out. Now, listen, I have a reputation, and the church has a reputation, and we're trying to do some good things for the Lord, and we're being attacked, and we're being attacked from our own camp, you know, of Christians and so forth. This isn't right, and I think he just needs to be straightened out, you know. I mean, talked to, just reasoned with. <laughs> and so, uh, anyway, I thought I'm going to go match wits with this guy. Can I, can I just be honest with you? Um... I wasn't being very nice in my, in my mind and in my heart, and I was going to straighten this situation out, and I was going to use everything that, you know, had worked for me in the past before I met Christ. And, uh, and I'm driving there, and the Lord says to me, I want you to be humble and meek, and I want you to shut your mouth. And I'm like, well, why am I going? Obviously, the Lord does not know this guy <laughs> and what needs to happen. And when I tell you, when I got there, all I could say was, no, that's not what we believe. No, that's not our doctrine. And no, that's not what we believe the Bible says. And that, no, that's not this. And no, that's not. And accusation after accusation. And I'm asking the Lord, now? Now, God? Now? And and so I drove away from the meeting, and the Lord said, you know, okay, that, that's how peace works. Do, do what you can to be at peace with all men. That's how peace works. And I'm like, it solved nothing, Lord. It solved nothing. But can I tell you, it, it totally let the air out of that balloon. It co completely went away. 
I don't know what I said. I don't know what changed. I don't know anything. All I know is that I never got to, I never got to rescue my reputation. Now, hold on. I never got to rescue my reputation. God says, give me your reputation. Surrender your reputation. Let me just take care of what needs to be taken care of. We'll worry about your reputation another time. I tell you, there are things that God wants to put his finger on in our lives. It's a heart situation. And God wants to touch us and say, I want you to be tender here. Relationships, forgiveness, issues of authority, how you treat others. God might put his finger on that and say, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to treat this situation. And he puts his finger on it. Can you surrender? God, you don't know this other person. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they said. You don't know how they act. You don't know. God knows. He's working on you. And this is an area that you need to surrender to the Lord and trust that he can take care of it. Can you say amen? amen. Material things. People think God's against material things. He's not against material things. You just have to surrender the material things to the Lord. God, I'm not working to get any of this stuff. You can have them all. Amen? I surrendered to, you know, I was thinking about the rich young ruler. And uh, the, I looked up this house because I remember it was down in, near Orlando somewhere. I think it was uh, called the Versailles Mansion. And it was, it was being built by this guy who was uh, the, uh, the multi-trillionaire uh, guy who sold um, timeshares down there. And so he wanted to build the biggest house, I think, in the world, or at least in the United States. And, and he set out, set out to do that. It was, before, it was like two, 2003. I mean, it was 20 years ago that they started to build this thing. At the time, the man was, um, the man was um, 67, 68 years old, multi-billionaire and, and so forth. You know, the house is not finished. They're still working on it. In fact, it just got flooded. It's not even finished. It just got flooded from that past hurricane. They had two feet of water in this place. The guy's 88 years old. No longer rich, young ruler. I guess everything in life that you think is so important is very fleeting. You have to give your life over to the Lord and say, God, everything I give you is not fleeting. God's not against material things. He just doesn't want it to get in between you and him. Amen? The future. God wants you to surrender the future. I know you're worried about it. I know you're filled with anxiety. I know you can't stop watching Fox News. But God wants you to surrender the future to him. And he'll take you. Can you say amen? Not a lot of amens there. God wants you to stop watching MSNBC. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You can watch that if you want, you know, and watch the apocalypse happen right in, front of, right in your living room. <laughs> this is the apocalypse. There are two, I want to just finish up here quickly, but there are two key pillars that underpin um, what surrender is and how surrender works. And the first one is humility. Humility. You cannot surrender unless you are able to be humble. Humility is such a freeing, awesome thing that God wants you to have in your life so that you can surrender. You can surrender your reputation. Humility doesn't care what everybody else thinks. Humility doesn't have anxiety about who I need to be and what I need to look like. Humility is not worried about getting near this people so that I can look like them and act like them and be like them. Humility is not concerned about stature. 
and appearance. And, you know, because, because if you're not humble, you can't go wherever it is God wants you to go. You can't say whatever it is God wants you to say. You can't act the way God wants you to act. You can't do what God wants you to do. I heard this story about uh, Catherine Kuhlman. And she, you, know, she, you know Catherine Kuhlman. She was the healing woman preacher back in the uh, early 50s. And she was very um, uh, you know, artsy. So she wore these long flowing dresses and she always did things like, the Holy Spirit. <laughs> anyway, there was a preacher sitting on the front row and he said, this is over the top. And it was. It was over the top. You, you wonder, why does God use people that are over the top? Because you know, she was really, if you look her up. Anyway, he's sitting there and he says, he says this, this is over the top. Can God possibly be using this woman? But people were getting healed. And the Lord says to this preacher, the person sitting next to you is having an adulterous affair. He's, he's in the ministry. He's having an adulterous affair. I want you to say something to him. I want, you to, I want you to call him out on it. And the guy goes, God, I ain't. I, 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 I. No sooner does he tell God, I'm not doing that. Catherine Kuhlman, from the platform, says, Sir, you are having an adulterous affair. And you need to break this thing, blah, blah, blah. She reasoned the riot act in Jesus' name. She calls the guy out. And the Lord says to the preacher, that's why I'm using her. Humility will set you free. I can be whoever God wants me to be because I'm not worried about who I look like or what I sound like. or I just want to be glorifying God. But I got to surrender to the Lord. I'll tell you, we, we, we know that pride will bring bondage in our lives, but we can't figure out that humility will set us free. Pride brings bondage. Humility sets us free. You can be who God wants you to be. You can say what God wants you to say. It says this in Philippians, the second chapter, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. I should be sitting there. Why is he sitting there? Why is she sitting? I should be sitting there. Consider others better than yourselves. Well, I can't do that. I'm worried about what I look like and how I should be. And do they know who I am? See, all of that is bondage. All of that makes you not be able to surrender. All of that makes you want to straighten things out at work or straighten things out in this relationship or straighten things out because you're concerned that something's not happening right. You're not being treated right. And God says, consider others, be humble, and let me take care of this thing. Surrender yourself to it. See, if, if God wants to treat you like a servant, can you handle it? He wants to treat you like a servant. Can you handle it? The second pillar is trust. And I want you to know this, to me, is the foundation of your real relationship with the Lord. Do you trust him? See, when, when Jesus said to the rich young ruler, follow me, he couldn't trust him. It would have been awesome if there were people behind Jesus saying to the rich young ruler, like giving him the answer, he's the king of kings. He's the creator of the universe. Listen to... But, but see, we do know that. And yet we have a hard time surrendering, saying, Lord, I give it over to you. I give it over to you, God. 
I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your promises. I trust, God, that you have me. Because God might say, I want you to take this time and give it to this person over here. God, you don't know, I don't have time. I call that person up. You know how long they're going to talk to me on the phone? They're lonely. All they want to do is talk, talk, talk. They're so lonely. I don't have time for lonely people. God wants your time. Surrender it to me. I'll multiply it back to you. You might, God might want your leisure. I want you to get up. God, I'm so tired. I want you to get up. I want you to go over here. I want you to minister over here. Can you trust God that he can multiply back to you the leisure, the restoration, amen, the health, the peace that you really need from leisure? Can you, can you trust that God is telling you, this is the thing I want you to do? Are you, are you surrendered? in your car, in your house, with your time, with what God wants to send you to do on these errands, can you trust him? Trusting God in his word. I sat down with a pastor friend of mine. This was probably about six or seven years ago. We were at a pastor's conference. And this, this man was a strapping farmer, pastor, big arms big shoulders, and he had gone through a really uh, difficult time with cancer, and he came out the other side of it, and I was sitting at this table, and he was telling me, like a father and a son, Steve, what I went through was the hardest thing I've ever had to go through, and he told me he was 90 pounds, skinny as a rail, laying in bed, could not move, gray, a skeleton, and he was at death's door. Literally, the family had come in and all that. At death's door. And the Lord said to him, if you want to come home, you can come. That's all he wanted. He had already served his life and blessed God, and he was laying there, gray, 90 pounds. And he said, Lord, I want to come home. I just want to come home. This is so hard. And, and then he said, but Lord, what do you want? And there's a long pause, he told me. And he's looking into my eyes. And he said, God said to him, I want you to fight. It's the worst news. It was the worst thing. But he said, God, if that's what you want, not why, not what will come on the other end, not will there be bells and whistles and a giant parade when I come. Nothing. Just, I want you to fight. And he said he, the next year and a half was the most difficult journey he had ever been on in all of his life. And then he sat there with me and he told me, I just had to surrender. I had to surrender to the Lord. And you know, it's like the blind man that was healed by Jesus. And the disciples said, who sinned? Was it him or his parents that he was born blind? And Jesus answered this question, and it's so profound. He said, neither. But he was born blind for the glory of God, that I might open his eyes 30 years later. You mean you chose this guy to be blind for 30 years so that you could open his eyes 
and bring glory to God? I mean, I can't say why God has us in certain situations. All I know is that it, your life is for the glory of God. It's for the glory of God. He has you in situations. He wants you to surrender for his glory. When we come to the Lord, we come and we completely want to surrender to him. But it's as we journey with God, church, that God requires us to incrementally surrender over those areas in our lives he's putting his finger on. I don't know what he's putting his finger on in, in your life, but I can tell you this, it's for his glory. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.